Pass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show, we are joined by Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers to talk about the first round playoff series between the Blazers and the Lakers. This is part one of our series preview of sorts, and part two is over on the Locked On Lakers feed, so be sure to check that out after you listen to this one. Without further ado, let's get into it. We got the series that America wanted, that Charles Barkley wanted. What, when when you look at this series, starts Tuesday, the Blazers made it into the first round. What scares you about this Blazers team, or concerns you maybe is a better word? Well, you have this one guy on your team who uh, is a human blowtorch. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside. He is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's tough because I, I don't want to be hyperbolic. I don't want to be too much of a victim to, to hyperbole. But but what Dame has done in the bubble is one of the most just insane stretches of games that I have ever seen. And I, you know, I grew up watching Kobe. Um, obviously, LeBron plays for the Lakers right now. Uh, we got to see some stretches from Steph that that you know matched what what Dame has been doing. But but this is just the crazy thing is that you know what's coming. You know you can hear you can even hear the opposing defense calling out, "Hey, <laughs> step up, step up on him, step up on him, step up on him." And then he shoots it from Jerry West's shoe um, in the NBA logo, and and there's nothing anybody can do. He's just that good. So so he's he's one of the most terrifying kind of individual matchups that I've I've ever seen from a Lakers perspective. Who guards him? I think that's the big question. Well, it's a, you have to it's a team effort, you know. And I think in the 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 times that Dame has really gotten loose was when, you know, teams looked at it from a all right, well we got the guard here and then we'll go into drop coverage in the pick and roll. Yeah, and, uh, and he just steps up and hits a 35-footer <laughs> like four times in a row. Right, right. So so in that regard, I I really think it's going to be, you know, Caruso or KCP will will take the point of attack, but then even more importantly, I think is is Anthony Davis's ability to step up to the level of the screen and deter Dame from just firing off that 35-footer. Yeah. Um, that's can... that's the one difference that the Lakers offer. That that most teams don't. Is AD is is athletic enough to, you know, he's he's not going to shut down Dame by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not going to look as foolish as the Gobert's and the Porzingis's and 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 even Javale and Dwight on the right, Lakers' own. That's roster. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you were going to dream up a double team, a double teamer in the league, Anthony Davis, who you dream up, an agile six yeah. ten guy with great instincts. Uh, there's just not a lot of guys who can do what he does. I think, you know, in that Pelican series two, series two years ago, which is kind of the, um, the sort of the origin of Dame deciding that he's going to start shooting from 40 feet away from the rim is uh, Anthony Davis's defense was really, really crucial mm-hmm. in that series. His ability to double team and his ability to also just kind of roam when they did, when they double team with other guys, him being the sort of that center fielder was really, really valuable. Yeah. I, I think basically when you're going up against a player as talented as Dame, and this goes for every single super talented offensive player in the NBA, what you want to be able to do is throw multiple pitches. Right. You know, you, you want to be able to, and that's where, you know, it's kind of funny because I was, I have some friends who cover the the Mavericks and I was watching the uh, Portland Mavericks game and my buddy Kirk was just pulling his hair out. So why are we still drop? Why are we still drop covering? What are we doing here? And it's like, 
Kirk, what do you want Porzingis to do? Yeah, exactly. When Porzingis <laughs> stepped out, Dame ran past him for three straight layups, like identical yeah. layups. Didn't even have to make a move. Like he no, just, just turned on the faster. Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I think for for the Lakers, the fact that Davis can step up occasionally, and the Lakers, you know, can blitz every so often, or or if you know the situation is super dire and you have to switch, then then Davis can kind of use his athleticism to not stay in front of there's no staying in front of of dame but but stay close enough to contest on the on whenever dame shoots whatever shot he's going to shoot so you know the fact that the lakers can while davis is playing the five throw those different pitches at dame i think is is really going to be the key to the series yeah, I, I mean, you saw in the game after Kobe passed at Staples where Dame had 48, and it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, he he's capable of winning a, a game, a game, maybe on his own, Allen yeah. Iverson style, but I don't know. Um, the Lakers probably are, are equipped well enough to, to prevent, you know, four straight wins from Dame or four out of seven or whatever it might be. Beyond Mr. Lillard, beyond the letter O, are there other things about the Blazers that concern you as uh, when you think about how they match up with the Lakers? Well, I mean, if you don't mind me staying with Dame a little bit. I love one you too. Thing... <laughs> this is locked on Damian Lillard, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically should have been for the last, <laughs> for the, for the last. I mean, it is. Long. We still listen. We, we start every show with it. <laughs> Here's what Damian Lillard did tonight. Also, other things happened. <laughs> uh, but, but I think uh, the, the thing that I wish the Lakers could do more of in some way, shape or form is go at Dame on the other end of the court. Like mm-hmm. he's carrying such an immense load on offense that if you could make him work even a little bit on defense, then, you know, the hope is that that would kind of slow him down on the other end a little bit. But you look at the players that he's probably going to be guarding. Alex Caruso. Yeah, how, do, how do they do that? <laughs> I well, guess. Right. Well, I think I have a theory, Hit me. Um, but, but it's not going to be in the traditional, all right, Alex Caruso, go get Damian Lillard in foul trouble. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, a, that, that seems it's not going to be, yeah, it's it's not going to be. Hey, KCP, try to dribble at all. Um, yeah, that's third not, time. That's not going to really work. Try to do yeah. try to do a third dribble, my guy. <laughs> but I, I I do think the one thing, especially if Dame matches up against Caruso, Caruso is actually a really good screener and, and a great cutter. So, yeah, and so if you could if you could force Dame to really pay attention off the ball by mm-hmm. way of Caruso's cutting, or get some kind of a switch where. You know, you, you really LeBron really hunts out. They did this with Lou Williams a ton down yeah. the stretch of the the game, the last game that they played where he was available. Yeah. And they just hunted out Lou Williams time after time after time after time and forced them to keep switching. So I, I think in big moments, I think that's one thing that the Lakers might lean on a little bit. But that's not the you know, the only thing you're looking for there is, hey, can we make Dame like ten percent less efficient on the other end because of how hard he's working on on this one you know anything like that that's that's my other kind of major concern is that whether the lakers can actually find a way to do that that is actually sustainable uh over the course of a series or you know however long the series lasts um the other thing that makes me a little nervous is nurkic in the short roll i was super impressed by how he handled that Mm -hmm. uh because when you when you have when you have AD stepping up into the level to the level of the screen, uh, if he steps up too quickly, Nurkic is very good at slipping and 
I was super impressed by his decision-making there. And not only his decision-making, but his ability to avoid that charge. Yeah. Uh, when, whenever, you know, he would, he's throwing that pass, you have most guys who are stepping into that. If they're helping off the corner, they know that they aren't going to be able to rotate back over and try to contest the shot. So, hey, let's just stand in front of this super huge human being and fall over. Yeah, uh, fall, fall down, go boom is always the, the plan there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, his ability to handle that situation, especially because, you know, the Lakers are somewhat shorthanded not ha- in terms of just defenders, right? Avery Bradley isn't there, and uh, Rondo is, is, is not really a factor. Playoff Rondo and the myth that that is, or not myth, but, but the, uh, I, I just don't truly trust it at, at Rondo's age right now. But There is a but, time when playoff Rondo will expire. I think that two years ago he, <laughs> did, so. give, he did give Dame fits in the playoffs. He really, yeah. he, he really ruined his time. He gave him a, gave him a bad afternoon a couple nights but uh that's but you know i'm with you yeah that was with the pelicans i mean he was he was a nightmare but um yeah things done changed yeah so you know the fact that avery bradley and even rajon rondo have been replaced with Dion waiters and jr smith like those guys aren't exactly savants when it comes to defense defensive rotations so if if nurkic gets loose quite a bit because of how much attention uh, the Lakers have to expend on on Dame. Then the the Blazers, especially given the way that Gary Trent Jr. is shooting, the Blazers could, you know, kind of change the math of the series when they're hitting three pointers and the Lakers are going down and hitting mostly twos. I think I think that that Nurkic's patience is really the key to all of his patience in the short roll, like you mentioned, is the key to the Blazers' offense. So I, I I'm with you on that. Like if he can not run guys over, if he can if he can not trust, you know you remember that he's 300 pounds every time he gets into the paint, then mm-hmm. uh, then he can be really valuable. I think that's that's an absolute weapon. And the way that you have to guard Damian Lillard at this point really opens up um, him as the fulcrum for the offense. Let's yeah. let's come back in the second segment talk more about this series these matchups and maybe why the lakers are rightly favored in this series but before we do that i want to tell y'all about doordash you know doordash it's the app that brings you food whatever you're craving right now doordash will bring it to your door ordering is easy on doordash just open the app choose what you want to eat and the food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or your big national chains. And right now, my listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONMBA. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONMBA. Don't forget, LOCKEDONMBA, $5 off. Your first order from DoorDash. Check them out. All right. So we talked about Damian Lillard. We're still talking Lakers, Blazers here with Anthony Irwin of Locked on Lakers. He's worried about Damian Lillard. He's a little worried about Yusuf Nurkic. But I want to know what he's confident about. Anthony, when you look at this, this matchup, why are the Lakers going to be in a good position to, you know, do what one seeds do? Well, they have this guy, LeBron, 
And uh, his primary defenders are going to be Carmelo Anthony and Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, maybe a little bit of Damian Lillard. <laughs> so so uh, I, I think in that respect, like that, look, I, I, don't, I don't mean, I don't want to sound condescending here. I think the Carmelo story has been fantastic. Uh, him identifying the ways that, you know, what made him successful as Olympic Mellow and how that wasn't quite translating over. Uh, you know, to his various stops, the, his his kind of acceptance of, all right, I got to go stand in the corner on offense. I'll get the occasional isolation, but, you know, I really have to knock down that that corner three. And, you know, the shot that he made basically to ice that game was that, that catch and shoot corner three. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, defensively, he's never going to be very good, especially at this age. Uh, so, so, but, but like, can, can you actually look like you try on that end? You know, and and occasionally he has his moments. Yeah, well, him and him and Hassan Whiteside, like the minutes where they they share the court, um, those tend to be some of the funniest defensively. When I when I watch the Blazers against the Grizzlies on Saturday, uh, when they had the Hassan and Mello front court, Hassan Whiteside guarded or like standed in the general vicinity of Brandon Clark, and mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony guarded Gorgie Jang. He guarded the center. That's that is what they're doing to deal <laughs> yeah. with Melo's def- defensive deficiencies. So mm-hmm. now he gets to choose between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. <laughs> right, right. Now I think I think Stotts will be really wary of that wide side Melo front court anytime, especially when uh, AD is at the five and yeah. LeBron is at the four. Like I, you just can't you can't play that front court against that front court. You know th- those not. two. Those two pairings can't match up ever if Portland doesn't want to get slaughtered in those minutes. So, you know, but just kind of back to LeBron individually, one thing that I noticed over the course of the bubble, and it led to a lot of, is LeBron hurt? Is he, you know, what's going on with his groin? What's, what, what's going on here? And he was playing super passive at the beginning and then mostly throughout the bubble. And then in their last game against Sacramento, people were kind of surprised he was playing at all, given the amount of kind of murmuring about his groin. And he went out, and it was very clear he was using that as a tune-up game for his own individual offense. He and just practiced post-ups for 30 minutes. It, it's basically what it was. He went out there basically, and, and the, the, the play that really gave it away LeBron is incredible at, at not only knowing ahead of time or, or identifying where the devil is going to be coming, but then knowing what, exactly which pass to throw to really break it. Right. And there was a play where they sent a super obvious double at him and uh, Lakers rookie Taylor Horton Tucker was standing up at the three-point line with nobody around him. N- nobody. The closest person to him might have been Luke Walton. And... um Usually LeBron makes that super easy pass and, and Horton Tucker, you know, would attempt a wide open three pointer. But on this play, LeBron really focused on his footwork and working on a left-handed jump hook that he forced, you know, and got fouled and hit the end one. But it was just clear that, okay, he's using this game as practice and tune up given the fact that he wanted to really get everybody else going over the course of the bubble. Right. And, and, and I think one thing that the Lakers are really going to focus on in this series is putting LeBron in the post and, and really punishing whoever is guarding him uh, at any time at, at, during the game. 
Yeah, I I mean, this is the Blazers' biggest question mark. I've been saying this, you know, this is the Blazers have been this hot team. They're like they were upset pick before they made the playoffs by winning nine consecutive or, you know, whatever it was, uh, eight out of seven out of nine consecutive one possession games. They've been a hot mm-hmm. pick to beat the Lakers somehow, um, despite needing <laughs> 47 and a half minutes to beat literally every other team in the league. Who knows? But it's I've been asking people, like, you know, how many games are going to take off? Like, who the hell guards LeBron James? Yeah. And the answer is becoming pretty clear that it might be, no exaggeration, Wenyan Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. You know, Which, and, you know, anytime you can send a rookie into playoff LeBron. <laughs> that's it's just a perfect choice. You know, it's like when you're drawing it up, you call Greg Popovich, like, you know, how'd you slow him down in the finals? You know, what was the trick? You call Steve Kerr, like, what was it? What'd you, what'd you put on LeBron? Was it like yeah. a cerebral vet or was it kind of like an incredibly raw rookie who's played less than 40 NBA games? Like what, take, you know, what, what was your choice? <laughs> Which would you prefer? Uh, yeah, I would, that, that, that would, you know, that would make me nervous if I was a Blazers fan, but I think basically what I would maybe do if I were the Blazers is just demand that the Lakers beat them from deep. You know, Danny Green hasn't been shooting very well. Uh, KCP shot has been suspect. Alex Caruso isn't really making anything right now. He's not not a shooter. He's a straight line driver. Right. So you have a whole bunch of guys on, on the Lakers and, and this was really clear during the bubble and it's a, it's a really major problem for them that if some team just completely sells out and says, LeBron, you're not going to beat us. We are going to force you to get the ball to shooters and we're going to leave them wide open. We're giving, we're going to give them the, the Rajon Rondo treatment out there. Yep. And I, I, you know, it's, it's a drastic measure, but given how few options the Blazers really have, I think that's really the only thing they can do. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, it's not a great, not, they don't have any great options. I think they'll see, I think, you know, the only other name we haven't mentioned that I think will guard him if he's healthy is a little bit of Zach Collins, but um, Zach's probably mm. going to spend a lot of time on Anthony Davis because he's the, he's maybe the best matchup of the bigs they have for him. They, they don't match up well with the Lakers. I think that's yeah. one of the things they are big. Like the Blazers have the ability to play big as, and the Lakers prefer being larger, but uh, they're not, Blazers aren't big on the wings and Anthony Davis is not a normal big. He's like a, he's, you know, this is what you have when you have one of the best, you know, 10 best players in the league, he's um, presents a matchup problem for all, including Wenyan Gabriel. Yeah. I, the, the loss of Trevor Ariza really hurts here. It does. You know? It does. And even then he's like, Trevor Ariza is a, was a very good basketball player 10 years ago. Yeah. He was a very good basketball player five years ago. Um, he was a pretty effective basketball player for the Blazers in 2020. He was awful for the Kings, though, in the first half of the year. That might have been because of the stank of Sacramento. But even with Ariza, who would really, really help and would play a ton of minutes, that's not an elite LeBron stopper. This isn't, Ariza is not the difference between, you know, an an eight seed upset. I think Ariza is just a difference between having a real answer to the question who guards LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, and, and, like you said a second ago, there, it's LeBron. Yeah. He's, 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 he's the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody is, is ever really comfortable about the answer to the question, who guards LeBron? Uh, it's just, you know, with, with this Blazers roster, it's, it's especially uncomfortable. And then you, you mentioned Anthony Davis in passing. And, you know, 
Davis lights up anytime he sees Nurk in front of him. Yeah, you know? and, that and, point and, meme is going to come out strong in the playoffs is Nurk getting absolutely dunked on by Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday pointing at him. <laughs> it's it's uh it's you know Nurk again it's it's he's a great story and he played I I I've, I've marveled at the way that he played in the in during the bubble here uh given how obviously out of shape he had to have been coming back from from the injury he had uh but you know even under the best of circumstances that is not a matchup that uh he really probably looks forward to and then you know the other guy is Hassan Whiteside at that position and and yeah yeah we don't well well we can just let him let him go he's been torched enough on this on this program yeah, I think the Nurk stuff is like even if you're if you're as high on him as Blazer fans are right now and thinking that maybe this is the best center in the NBA, I've seen some of them say, "Who boy, I'm not ready to go there." But um, even if you think that, he's not Anthony frickin' Davis, y'all. Um, it, even the best centers in the league are going to have trouble with this gentleman. We're talking about a, a likely Hall of Famer because he's on his way. Let's take one more break. Come back and close out the show with some odds and ends, some X factors about what we expect in this series. But before we get there, I want to tell all y'all about Built Bar. Built Bar is two things. It's delicious and it's healthy. That's the trick. It tastes good and it's good for you. Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors. They got the 12 original flavors that you know and six new ones that you'll love. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. New to the lineup. But you know what's not new to the lineup is that Built Bar is good for you. It's great for the health conscious among us. If you're looking to lose weight or just maintain your look, but you want a delicious treat, Built Bar is for you because it's low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. You're on the keto diet? Check out Built Bar. Consider the coconut almond flavor. It's got 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. Sounds pretty good. Here's what you do. You go to BuiltBar.com and you use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're still chatting here with Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers. We talked about Damian Lillard. We talked about LeBron James. Spent a little time telling y'all that Anthony Davis is still pretty good. But now I want to talk about the other guys. Who are the X factors for this team? Or even if it's not a player, what is an X factor for the Lakers? Well, it's you know, we've mentioned it already kind of in passing, but it's their shooting. It's yeah. that's really, you know, one of the kind of unfortunate aspects of the whole analytical movement is that they've turned the game kind of into a math problem, right? Uh and and Mori Ball is the nth degree example of that where we're just going to take all threes and dunks and, and, you know, you can take whatever shot you want on the other end. And basically what the Lakers have had to deal with this year, and they're talented enough because they have Anthony Davis and LeBron to overcome it, but they've been dealing with the math problem of we're making twos and they're making threes. Right. And, and so if the Lakers struggle making three pointers and guys like Gary Trent Jr. and Dame, and CJ go off and, and even mellow from, from the corners. If they, if those guys go off and, and make a ton of three pointers and the Lakers continue to struggle from deep, then, you know, that's, that's a math problem that even as talented as LeBron and Anthony Davis are gets really tough to overcome. So yeah, that's to, to me, especially in speaking with, you know, Laker fans that, that are in my mentions, that's the thing that 
has really made them the most nervous over the course of the bubble is, hey, can we make an open three-pointer? Like, we know that they're <laughs> going to get a ton of open three-pointers. Can we just, can you make a couple of them just to make us feel better about ourselves? And unfortunately, like Danny Green made a couple, you know, against the Kings and then his shot looked a little bit better over the course of the bubble. He has this really weird thing where for some reason he shoots better contested than uh, when he's wide open. It's it's the oddest thing, and it's the most backbreaking thing when he misses a wide open three pointer because yeah. that's like what the Lakers are, are de- designing a lot of their their plays for their sets for is hey let's get Danny Green as open as possible, and it's just he's making those shots at at a lower rate than when he has to kind of lean in because a defender jumped past him. So it's good news uh, for the yeah. Blazers who really have a habit of losing guys on the arc and letting <laughs> them take in rhythm threes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it's, it's, I'm not, I'm, you know, there's going to be a game where the Lakers shoot, you know, they enter the fourth quarter having shot two of 17 from three point range and, and the game is way too close. And, you know, you enter Dame time with a very up in the air result potentially and and that's that's that to me is kind of the the uh path that i would most often try to get to if i was the blazers yeah absolutely is say like let's let our guy who who likes to take 30 footers play against theirs who like to dunk Uh, i think that's i think you got it you you got to hope it comes down to math um in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways and also it's like it's how it's the ncaa tournament plan you spring upsets by making three pointers. Like yeah. if you're not as good as the other team, you just try to take the shots that are worth more points. Uh, the, the Blazers don't always do that. They will give you a steady diet of Carmelo Anthony post-ups from time to time. But uh, you know, their best two players shoot threes. Mm, CJ sometimes shoots threes. He, he takes a lot of 20 footers. Um, yeah. Beyond, beyond the, the math stuff. Cause I do think the way to beat the Blazers or way to beat the Lakers is just say like, I bet KCP and Danny Green can't can't make enough shots to beat us mm-hmm. um does does the health concern you like does you mentioned rondo a little bit but does 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 them getting healthy getting him back matter or is it just like our top two players got to carry us well i mean that that's playoff basketball in the nba is basically like all right we're gonna go as far as our stars go right you know Agreed. uh so so you know in that respect i think it's always going to be anthony davis and lebron who who kind of drive the ship but uh, Rondo, I don't think we'll see Rondo in this series. Yeah. Uh, he broke his hand and, you know, they were saying six to eight weeks about, uh, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago. So I, I still think we're, we're, we're kind of far away from that. The other thing, the other thing that, that makes it more difficult to get Rondo in this is that the games are every other day. Right. And it's not like your normal playoff series where you have a couple travel days and the series might extend a little bit longer. The league, the, the, the league is really trying to kind of sprint to the finals here while everybody is still safe. So I don't, I don't know if there's going to be enough time to get Rondo back, uh, which in my opinion is a good thing for the Lakers. Yeah. They have better players than him, but he's just, he's, he's got cachet and this yeah. so part of the league is about cachet. Yeah. I mean, Look, I, I do think from a chemistry standpoint, having him back in the bubble, because he is a super smart player and, you know, guys like LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis really respect him. So, you know, in that respect, having him back like, literally amongst his teammates is is going to be, I think, a net positive until he steps on the court. Um, the thing that I'm really interested in seeing here between these two teams is the the lack of travel. Because yeah, I was going to ask you, does home court advantage, who does it hurt more? Who does it help more? I actually think it hurts the Blazers. More. Me too. I'm, I'm with you on this. So t- let's talk about it. 
so you know usually if it's a if it's a because I think all series at this point are two two one 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 right right so if the Blazers like if Dame goes off in games one or two at Staples Center and then you head back to uh, Portland and take care of business there you could then potentially end the series you know in Portland on you know for game six right yeah and and that's usually the path that these upsets tend to take is you, you try to steal a game uh, at the other arena and then Portland, like the blade ask any Laker fan uh, who has paid attention to this team for any length of time. And one of the buildings that they least like to see the Lakers go and play in is up there in Portland. The, the formerly um, known as the Rose garden. Yeah, I still, I still have, feel like I have to call it the Rose Garden. You can. That's fine. That's, that's our, the Blazers' glory days happen in the Rose Garden, so we'll, we'll keep it there. So like that, that to me is where I think it, it really hurts the Blazers, is that you, know, you would have you – know, there's nothing crazier than a crowd, that, especially an eight-seed crowd, that feels like it might be able to knock out a one-seed. Like we saw it up there with Golden State. Uh, knocking out the Jazz that one year, right? Yeah, I was thinking about them against the Mavericks. Like those games in Oracle, like, um, the, they they end up losing to the Jazz, but still, yeah. boom, Diddy, that happened at Oracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, uh, you know, those games at Oracle, they were they were favored. I think in, yeah. by the time they got to the end of that series, like it was just like, yo, if you if you go to Oakland, you're not going to beat this team. And I think that's what the Blazers are going to miss. Like if home court advantage, I think Kevin Pelton estimates it at like three and a half points or something like that, maybe mm-hmm. a little less. Uh, if it's worth, like, if that's what it's worth, the Blazers have just sacrificed those points by, by virtue of this. And I think there is some, yeah. like, you know, you go into Staples and Dwayne Wade talked about this a little bit on the TNT broadcast. It's like, oh, the Lakers are going to miss out on the, like, sort of the, the vaunted, uh, whatever theater of Staples where you've got Jack and you've got Denzel and the celebrities and all this mm-hmm. and the purple and gold. Yeah, but great. <laughs> okay. So they miss out on that. They still got LeBron and AD and the chances of spring upset, you don't get to go home. The friendly confines, a place where the Blazers have been better all year uh, to help you spring it. So yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm surprised that both of us have got on this side of home court advantage. Yeah. I mean, the, the way, I think the simplest way I could put it is the more talented team doesn't need home court advantage. Exactly. You know, the, the, the less talented team, the, the lesser of the two of the matchup here that team would need its home court advantage, especially if it's one as strong as, as Portland's is like the, yeah. the fans up there are insane. They're, it's a, it's a, you know, yeah, it's, it's one like of the best said earlier. It is not a play. It's not a fun place to go play. If you're, if you're a Laker, it's just, it's never been uh, very friendly to the Lakers there. And uh, you know, not having that for the Blazers, I think is really going to hurt. Absolutely. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find more of your stuff? Well, obviously, Locked on Lakers, which we're going to do part B of the of the conversation here uh, over there. And then uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time because I'm a lot more obnoxious on Twitter than <laughs> I tend to be on the podcast. Uh, I can't wait. This is this is one of my favorite kind of mini rivalries or, or you know, between that the Lakers kind of have and and, you know, Blazers fans effing hate the Lakers. Lakers fans, I just really hate going up and playing against the Blazers up in Portland. So it's just, it's, it's one of the, the, the league's kind of more fun dynamics team against team. And then you get Dame against LeBron, you know, it's going to be great. This is what we wanted. We did not listen. I, I have said on this podcast a bunch of times, 
I have trouble rooting for the Blazers. I have very little emotional investment in them, but I wanted them to make the playoffs because I do not care about John Morant versus LeBron James. I don't care about DeMar DeRozan versus LeBron James. I don't even care about Devin Booker. This was the story we wanted. Dame and Carmelo against the Lakers. We got it. It's going to be a ton of fun. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. We'll do it again soon. We got at least four and likely more against the Lakers, so we'll need to tap into your insight. That's going to do it for the show. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. And if they want more of this preview, be sure to hop on over to Locked on Lakers, where we continue this conversation on their feed. That's right. Two preview shows for the price of none. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.